the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us, that's right, I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh yeah. Well, hello America, I'm Todd Starnes, and it's great to be back with you. And I, I will say, I hope you had an incredible Thanksgiving day. And uh, had lots of turkey and ham and football. Wow, the Starnes family. We had a bizarre. We had a bizarre Thanksgiving celebration. I would encourage you to go over to uh, our Instagram page, uh, Todd Starnes FNC, and uh, we posted some of the photos of the family celebration. When you've got teenagers, you never know what's going to happen uh, at Thanksgiving time. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. So anyway, great to be with you and hope you got a, a great rest over this uh, long holiday weekend. And may I just say, someone said, Todd, what's the takeaway from, from Thanksgiving? What is the, what is your takeaway? Well, here, because there are so many things happening across America, across the world, so many things. But what is the takeaway from Thanksgiving 2023? This is the question that has been burning into the hearts and the minds of Grace Baker and Ben Dieter, uh, even as you and I sit here and chat today. And I will tell you what I believe the greatest takeaway is of Thanksgiving 2023. It's Dolly Parton. God bless, God bless Dolly Parton. That's all I can say. Um, Wow, the performance over the weekend, the halftime show. You know, a lot of times with the NFL, can we just get real for a moment? The halftime shows really suck. I mean, they really do. They're bad. I mean, really bad. So Dolly Parton, and and we've got the video up on our website, toddsterns.com. And Dolly Parton, who is what, Ben Dieter, 77 years old from what I understand, she came out dressed like a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. It was. She looked good. She looked good. Wow, I'm, I'm impressed. The only way you could tell she was 77 was the neck. You know, you can only do so much. You know what I mean? She still. I mean, to be able to fit into a Dallas Cowboys cheerleading. And there's not much to fit into there. I know. I know. I didn't know they made them that way. They make them that way. And they make the I Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders that way. That's why. <laughs> that's why they're America's team. And you could actually hear her. She sounded fantastic. She sounded great. Started off with Jolene. You can't get much better than that. And then went into like, um, what she sang three songs and literally brought down America. Not just AT&T Stadium, brought down America. So that's your takeaway for the entire Thanksgiving, Todd. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Wow. That's pretty much it. I, 
It made me proud to be an American. It reminded me of, of why men and women in America put on the uniform of this country and sacrifice <laughs> themselves Good for God. our freedom. Good God. That's, that's, what, that's what that meant to me. I, I, I just stood up and I pledged allegiance right there in the middle of Dolly's performance. I'm just telling you. it was. Now, I will say this. I got a lot of hate mail. Because I I said that she, I called Dolly a national treasure. Well, you don't know her politics. Okay, you know everything doesn't have to be about politics, right? I get it. She I don't even know if she's a liberal or a conservative. I don't know. She may be. I it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't matter because she keeps that by and large out of what she does. I mean, she wasn't waving a Palestinian flag up there. So, I mean, it may be a low bar these days. But anyway, I got I got some some emails from the Baptist Church ladies, Ben, and many of them are seventy seven years old and should not be wearing Dallas Cowboy cheerleader outfits. <laughs> They've been around the church buffet, the Wednesday night supper buffet, a few too many times. Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, that's that's gravy and mashed potatoes, not silicone. No, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, I know what you're saying. Okay, good. I know what you're say- saying. Um, so all that to say, if you're 77 years old and you can still dance around the stage and have a good time, then, then I say, God be with you. <laughs> all I could think of, honest to goodness, Dieter, I, all I could think of during that performance was, please don't break a hip. <laughs> I mean, her hips were doing things that hips that age are not allowed to do. Do you think she ever stopped? Is she just going to carry right on past 100 and go on to the afterlife? And she's still somehow going to make an appearance? She's going to be like our modern-day biblical Methuselah. She'll be 140, having children. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's really remarkable because, um, you know, a lot of people that age, you know, a lot of people actually are that active and are physically fit. And they're having a good time. They're living their life. Um, you know, I went to, when you look at the villages, America's friendliest hometown, for example, they're doing a lot more than that down there. <laughs> I don't want to get into that story, but you can Google it or watch the Netflix special. <laughs> All that to say that that our grandmas and grandpas are are sort of old school grandmas and grandpas. They're not like Dolly Parton. I don't think your grandmother was like Dolly Parton, Ben Deer. I'm just going to go out on a limb. No, my mom just turned 55, and I can tell you, her hair's not blonde like Dolly's. I don't know what Dolly's been drinking. Okay, 55 is not old. Oh. <laughs> Go stand in the corner. Yes, sir. Anyway, all that to say, well done, Dolly Parton. Well, t- well done. Todd, shame on you. A good church-going one shouldn't be dressed like that. Well, have you seen praise and worship teams at your local church lately? <laughs> Dolly was wearing more than some of those gals. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Yeah, Yes, we're going to talk about the war in the Middle East and the fact that we're on the edge of Armageddon. But I'm telling you, I that Dolly Parton, that was impressive. You go Dolly. And at least, at least you know, you could hear her sing, unlike uh, what happened at the University of Tennessee Volunteers game where the sound system crapped out. And that was that was tough. But it's hard. If you're an older woman, it's really hard to still. I mean, if you still have your voice, that's really saying something. And she's got her voice. I'm just I'm just saying. All right. Um, our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. But a lot of people are saying it was inappropriate. 
and that she should have act, acted her age. And my contention is, okay, it was just like after I had um, open-heart surgery. I was 37 years old. And uh, people say, oh, you got to slow down. You gotta, I forget that. You know, I've got a, a the heart of an 18-year-old beating inside my 37-year-old uh, body. I mean, yeah, it's like having a Porsche engine in a Yugo. It's going to run great, but the parts are going to fall off every now and again. I get that. But I don't, you know, you got to get out there and live your life. And if, if Dolly Parton at 77 wants to get out there and sing Jolene and a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader out that, who am I to say that's inappropriate? So I'm curious to hear from our audience today whether or not that was inappropriate. It's kind of shocking that people took offense at that. 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. Another interesting story, and uh, this involves um, a little bit more serious uh, serious content. And this happened at a at a high school in New York City. Hillcrest High School in Queens, and there was a there is a a teacher who has been a longtime veteran. I think what thirty years this teacher has been on the job, and she happened to attend a pro Israel rally. She even posted an image of her on her social media pages where she was waving the Israeli flag. Well, a bunch of students found out about this, and they went on a rampage. And, and folks, this is not hyperbole. We actually have the video up at tonsterns.com. I don't encourage you to go and watch this. These students rioted. They were literally trying to hunt down this teacher. That was that was the plan. Text messages went out, and the pro- Hamas pro-terrorist students were hunting down this teacher. The teacher was forced to lock herself in an office and go into hiding. We have no idea what these kids would have done to this teacher had they captured her. She could have been beaten to death for all we know. Hillcrest High School. So New York City Councilwoman Vicki Palladino is on the case. And she is demanding action. She says, our education system is fundamentally broken. Anti-Semitic riots, and that's what she called this, an anti-Semitic riot, are sadly the natural result of years of woke leftist indoctrination replacing real education. The woman gets it. Good for you, council lady. Allowing progressives to gain total control over our institutions was always going to lead to tragic outcomes. They've been working to instigate a cultural revolution here for decades, and now those efforts appear to be bearing fruit. And it's true. The students readily admitted what they were doing. They were literally tearing water fountains out of the wall. They were vandalizing the school. People were screaming. The New York City Police Department sent several dozen police officers and the counterterrorism task force. At one point, students tried to gain entry into the teacher's classroom, but other teachers, other faculty members, formed a, a human blockade of the room. You see, this is why teachers need to be armed. 
How dare you, Todd? Are you saying that they're going to, it's okay for the teachers to shoot the children? Well, if the children are trying to kill you, yes. Yes, I am. Anyway, uh, New York City is um, the school department. They say they're very upset about this. We don't believe anybody's been arrested. Let me let me say this, um, and here's what needs to happen. Every child, and there's plenty of video of what happened, every child in that school who took part in the riot needs to be arrested. Now, they were talking about get the white ass cracker. Um, that's, or I'm sorry, get her cracker ass was the... Uh, the charge of the day, uh, leading us to believe that this woman was a Caucasian American, a saltine American, if you will. And uh, therefore, uh, if that's the case, uh, guess what that is, ladies and gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Anybody? Hello? Mm-hmm. It's a hate crime. It's a hate crime. So every single one of those children who were rioting in the hallways trying to get the cracker-ass teacher should be charged with a hate crime. Federal charges. Throw the little monsters in the federal prison. That's what needs to happen here. It's time to start playing hardball. I'll go a step further. I'm willing to wager that a good many of the little urchins that were riding in the high school, Hillcrest High School in Queens, New York, I'd be willing to wager that many of them are illegals. You know what? Ship them and their families right out of the country. Send them to Gaza City. This is unacceptable that you've got a bunch of Jew-hating thugs and thuglings rampaging through the hallways of American public schools trying to hunt down the pro-Jewish teachers. That's unacceptable, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we call terrorism. All right, uh, eight, again, our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. What do you think we ought to do with these kids that were rioting and trying to hunt down? And I'm just going to go ahead and posit here, ladies and gentlemen, that they would have killed this teacher. They would have ripped her from limb to limb. And when you see that video, you will agree with my assessment. But what do you think we ought to do with these thugs? Again, our number, 901-260-5926. Your call's coming up next. Hi, this is Todd Stearns, and I want to update you on my Calitrin journey. I'm still losing weight. I'm also sleeping a lot better, and I've got a lot more energy. Calitrin really is about more than just weight loss. Here's my good friend Elizabeth from Calitrin. That's right. You know, Calitrin's different than every other weight loss product out there because it's actually good for you. And I don't know how many other weight loss products out there can say that, but Calitrin is good for you. It's safe even if you're on medications, even if you have health conditions. I'm talking about your heart patients, your diabetics. This is a weight loss product that is good for you proven safe, it's proven effective, it's got a huge 86% success rate with our 90 days. You give it time to work, you're going to love how you look, you're going to love how you feel, and right now we've got a big sale too. Check it out, our website is toploss.com, that's T-O-P-L-O-S-S.com, toploss.com, that's toploss.com. And be sure to use that discount code, Todd. Everybody, let's go to the phone lines. 901-260-5926. Betty in Georgia. 
wants to talk about Dolly Parton. Hi, Betty. What'd you think about Dolly's show? I listen. This is the first time I've talked to you public. Listen, I I didn't see it, but I love Dolly Parton. I love her song. I grew up in days like she did, and they believe her alone because she's great, and she loves people. And I like I like it when she sings the songs, the coat of many colors that tells you how she lives. I grew up in hard times like that too. You had no, you had no, you had to draw water. You had to. Oh, it was hard times, but it was good times. And look how far she has come. And they believe her alone because listen, I'm a person. I'm 84 years old. I'm young at heart. And we grew up. My mother played a pump organ all our life, and I sang, and I love to sing with her. And, and I listened to it on YouTube. Uh, now I got off of Facebook because they got so much pornography on there. Because I'm a born again Christian, and I don't care who knows it. And the women's gonna have to win the culture, because we don't have many men in Christ. It doesn't matter if they don't like me. I'm close to the Almighty God, and I oh I don't like to talk public because they like to crucify me. And I like oh, you did, you did it. You're doing a fine job here, Betty. Um, Look, I'm a I'm a big Dolly Parton fan as well. You know the song Jolene. Oh, that's a good song. Well, I'm going to. I, I'm very smart. I'm very intelligent because uh, listen, I've been done wrong for my life, but I've come a long way. But let me tell you something. I'm going yes. in to see that, and I know it's got to be beautiful. And I'm so glad you highlighted her. Well, we Dolly. love Dolly. Have you been to Dollywood, uh, Betty? It's a great oh, place. It's long years ago. Yes, and we loved it. My daughter and, and, and her husband went with to my little granddaughter. Yes, but it's been a long time ago. We went in, We went up when it was my country. Mm, we don't have, they had that huge roller coaster with the Twin Peaks. It's um, That's pretty exciting over there. The family would sing at certain things, you know, a certain, well, uh, uh, I guess, uh I don't know events that they had for them, but she was close to her family. Oh, she's indeed. A she's a darling. She lost a child. But listen, I keep up with all that, and I love all that, but I love my gospel music that she sings, and I love that. And listen, I'm not ashamed of the Lord because he's all we got. But well, there listen, you go. I'm 85, and I come through major surgery with flying colds. They tried to kill me in the hospital. Ain't got me dead yet because it's all foreign doctors. Well, I'm glad they don't have you dead yet, Betty. You got to call us back one of these days. Will you do that? Listen, I love your program. I don't get to listen all the time, but I got me a solo radio. Well, I'm oh, well, I'm glad you do, Betty. And I, well, you're you're a good lady, and anybody who loves Dolly Parton is a friend of this program. So thank you for thank you for listening to us. Uh, wow, Betty from I will say this about Dolly Parton. She has she literally transformed Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. Uh, I believe she's from Pigeon Forge, and now it's sort of redneck Vegas. You folks in Salem, Oregon, if you want to have a cultural experience, you need to come on down to to uh, redneck Vegas is what we call it, uh, which is Pigeon Forge, and I'll take you to supper over at the. Um, the Hatfields and the McCoys Dinner Theater. They used to have the Dixie Stampede, and, and Dolly used to be in charge of that. But apparently a bunch of Yankees came down and uh, got upset that we were still fighting the war of northern aggression over a big old plate of fried chicken and biscuits, serve family style. Go figure. All right, hang tight. We've got Charlie in Gainesville. 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back.
MyPillow is celebrating its 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold. Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in the history of MyPillow. You're going to get their queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more, you're going to be able to get a king-size pillow. You're going to receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products like bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns. Use the promo code Starns to get this amazing offer of the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 1-800-839-8506. The offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns. Use the promo code Starns or call 800-839-8506. Promo code Starns. All right, welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Extravaganza, everybody. Uh, as promised, I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, Charlie, who's listening to us on WDUN in Gainesville, Georgia, uh, wants to weigh in on the pro-Hamas students that are rampaging in New York City. All right, Charlie, what you got for us? Well, I honestly think these students are just horrifically misinformed. And if you sat them down and made them watch that horrific video that you had to watch, what was it, the, the Israeli consulate or the uh, embassy, I'm not sure where you went, if they physically saw what Hamas is capable of, those children could not support that evil. Let me, let me just throw this at you, Charlie. What if... What if they have been indoctrinated in their public school classrooms? Because, again, I'm, I'm fairly certain that most of those kids have no idea what Hamas is. They have no idea what Gaza is. But they're, they're being indoctrinated in their public school classrooms, and they don't have access to the videos that you just talked about. What do we do then? Well, that's what I'm thinking should be their punishment for acting out like this. An assembly should be called, and they should be taught exactly what is going on. I see. So maybe get all the kids together in the cafe gymnatorium and then make them watch the videos that uh, the rest of us in the in the media had to watch. Right. And if they all see right. that, like, I don't think it would, uh, I think children by nature are generally good, but they're just so easily molded. It's very easy to manipulate into them into believing that they're doing right when really they're doing a lot of harm. Charlie, it's it's a good thought. Um, and, and again, I look, they may know, they may not know. The fact of the matter is somebody put enough hatred into their brains, those mushy little minds of theirs, to, to have them go out there and destroy a public school and hunt down a teacher, and I think they would have ripped her from limb to limb. I mean, when you look at the level of violence in those videos, there's there's no doubt in my mind they would have been calling a coroner to that high school. Uh, Charlie, appreciate that call. I mean, it really is, it's really horrible. All right, I have a question for you. Do you call it a Christmas tree or do you call it a holiday tree? What do you call it? So, Ben Dieter, I, um, I inadvertently stirred up a national controversy over the weekend, and I was trying to pace myself, but I couldn't help it. So my beautiful town that I live in, it's called Germantown, and it's supposed to be conservative, right? They told me Germantown was a conservative town. That's what they told me. But it turns out that something is 
something is just not right in Germantown, Tennessee. We've got an infestation of wokeness. And it's the same kind that's infecting other cities. I'm just surprised it happened to be in the town that I live in. And so a couple of weeks back, I told you I had to go down to the school board, and I had to smack them around uh, verbally, of course. Uh, and uh, they they finally backed off of this plan to rename Good Friday for the sake of inclusivity. And now uh, comes word that uh, they are going after Christmas. So over the weekend, uh, Germantown, and th- by the way, this happened right around the corner from where I uh, from where I live. Uh, they had a big holiday tree lighting ceremony, and they went out of their way in all of the advertisements to point out that this, in fact, was a holiday tree. This was not a Christmas tree. It was a holiday tree. And Ben Dieter, as we now know, after the holiday tree was lit, they decided to sing some holiday songs. And after the singing of the holiday songs that they advertised, they also promoted the fact they would be serving holiday refreshments. Because there's nothing quite like rocking around the holiday tree, eating a holiday cane, apparently, in Germantown, Tennessee. So anyway, all you know what broke loose. I just wrote a little blurb about it on the website, and all you know what broke loose, and now the whole story's gone viral. And a lot of people are wondering, and it's and this is an honest question. So let's just say you're. Hey, would you like to come to the holiday holiday tree lighting? My first question would be, what holiday are we celebrating? Because if it's a Muslim holiday, probably not going to go. If it's a Hindu, a Hindu holiday, probably not going to go. But if it's a Christian holiday, because I'm a person of the Christian faith, yeah, I, I'd probably go to that, especially if they're serving delicious snacks. But I mean, let's just say, for example, that it's a it's a Muslim holiday because again, it's generic. I mean, you know, I'm not going to want to eat, you know, some pita bread and hummus. Because that's what they would probably serve at that holiday food gathering. But at a at a Christmas get together, well, you're going to have the the sugar cookies, and you're going to have those great little Debbie snacks with the cherry filling. And I love those at Christmas time. So, what holiday were they celebrating? Was it Arbor Day? I mean, we're talking about trees. So anyway, people have been asking, and it's a fair question to ask. What specifically was the city of Germantown celebrating over the weekend? And I'm curious, and a lot of other people want to know as well. I know, Ben Dieter, you were talking about this earlier today. You know, this, Todd, is an interesting one. I I mean, they had an issue with Easter, and it's, you know, whatever. It's not whatever. They have an issue with the Ten Commandments. They don't want them in the school or up on City Hall. But a Christmas tree? Now... I'm starting to understand why all my liberal friends in Germantown spell out Xmas instead of Christmas. Do you think this could be all part of it? Oh, are we being scammed? Is wow. So did you go? This is the question, though, that all the listeners are wondering. Did you walk out of your apartment? Did you go down to the holiday tree lighting? I did not because I wasn't sure what they were celebrating, and I didn't want to be like some. You know, I mean, they could have been. 
it could have been Wisconsin. That's the National Railroad Museum where they were, you know, celebrating Satan. They had a, literally a satanic Christmas tree. What? Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. So I wasn't sure I was going to go, but then I thought, well, what if they're not celebrating Christmas? I don't know. They're celebrating a holiday. Well, I threw this, this out this morning. You know the, is it a Christmas tree or is it Tannenbaum? Uh, Every year it's different. Mm. When they sing that holiday song, if we're doing holiday songs with the holiday snacks, do you just bleep out or do you just skip over, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. Oh, oh, holiday tree. Oh, oh holiday tree. Oh, hol- It's just like I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I'm not <laughs> sure. That's a double trigger uh, song. So maybe a Caucasian holiday. I'm dreaming of a Caucasian holiday. Well, they said one of the holiday snacks was going to be white marshmallows. And I thought, oh, my God, Lord. you can't have a, no, that's not in this area. That's inappropriate. You've got to toast those babies. That's right. Put some color on those marshmallows, pal. <laughs> Don't be racist. By the way, so I pointed this out. This is great. So there's this radical, look, the school, the school system is radicalized. So they have a lot of leftists in the school system. And that's where a lot of this stuff is coming. And so one of them happens to be of the alphabet activist community uh, persuasion. And he's got a husband, and it's uh, it's the guy's a radical leftist. And so anyway, I just pointed out a very simple thing. Um, they're not renaming any other holidays. So MLK Day is not, you know, Black Preacher Day or so, you know, or Gay Pride Month is Gay Pride Month in Germantown, right? And I, I just pointed out... Could you imagine the outrage if they did rename MLK Day or Gay Pride Month? Happy Happy Holiday Pride Month. <laughs> and and so anyway, they they immediately got triggered. How dare you, you homophobic bigot? <laughs> that's that's a dog whistle. Well, bark bark baby. <laughs> I I mean almost immediately got triggered. So I'm curious, do you have a problem with calling a Christmas tree a Christmas tree? Is that is that a big issue for you? I'll take it a step further. Are they going to call Hanukkah Happy Candle Day? It, are, are they going to do that? At what point do you draw the line at people trying to destroy the Christmas? Because ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, let me explain what's going on here. They're not going to rename any of the Muslim holidays. They don't want to get blown up. They're not going to rename any of the LGBT days or months or years or whatever, how long they celebrate. And you know why? Because they don't want to get called a bigot or a homophobe. They're not going to do any of that stuff. They know they can get away with attacking Christians. And there is an effort afoot to marginalize Christianity. And this is one of the ways to do that. Todd, you're just so picky. It's just the name. Well, yes, but I've been covering these kinds of stories for 30 years. And it always starts with tolerance and diversity. And whenever you hear those two words, it means the Christians are being discriminated against. That's what this is all about. Let's go to the phones. John in Kentucky. John, what say you? Well, Todd, first of all, the white Christmas is going to be called Euro Caucasian Christmas. And uh, my son and I, I will definitely send you the card so you can 
you know, saying goes, remember when George Herbert Walker Bush, the night we attacked, tonight the battle is joined. Well, this is what's going on. We have to join in the battle against this stuff. But the word is, okay, you ready? Okay, Ben loved it. Happy Thanksgiving, Festa Ramahansa Kwanzaa's New Year. Jeez, oh, hello. <laughs> I, I, because I, it covers it all. And I got this picture of a sled with all these different people on it, including a guy with an explosive thing on his head that looks like, you know, who, you know, like Osama. But yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Festa Ramahansa Kwanzaa's New Year Day. I like it, John. It sort of rolls off the tongue. Um, so maybe we can get a Hallmark card. All right, John, thank you for that. Appreciate the call. 901-260-5926. Or is this much ado about nothing? 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. We have breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. Dieter, I know we're I know we're broke. We don't have Rush Limbaugh money, but you know, we could at least get a breaking news sounder. We're working on it. All right, let me know. I'll throw in a few dollars. All right, we have breaking news from Dade County, Florida, where apparently a bunch of aggrieved vegans have invaded a Chick-fil-A establishment. We do have some audio here. To a terrible life of pain, agony, and suffering. These animals are born in case Chick-fil-A murders two million just like us. Just like us. Okay, uh, a few things here. Uh, first of all, really, it's just two million. I kind of figured there would be more. I mean, it's it is a poultry genocide, but you know what? They taste pretty darn good. Throw in throw in those uh, those pickles and the uh, hot buttered buns. Mm-mm. That's good eating. So the vegans are, are upset because Chick Fil A is serving chicken. And uh, I don't, you know, look, if you're a vegan and you don't want to eat a, a chicken sandwich, then don't go to Chick-fil-A. Is it that really, is it that difficult? And by the way, you, well, Dylan wants to know why they're not protesting at McDonald's. Because again, they only go after restaurants that are serving real meat. So that's the reason why McDonald's is off the, um, the yeah, they're not going to go there. They're not going to go there. May I just say, I, I think the people at Chick-fil-A, 
Here's what needs to happen is somebody needs to go in there and personally just give every single one of the vegans a heave They're not meat eaters, so they're very frail people. It's not like you're going to, except for a couple of them, and it's very clear to me they've been eating some cheeseburgers on the side. I'm just, I'm just saying. So anyway, just give them the heave-ho or just tell Tell the Chick-fil-A manager, sir, could you please remove the vegans from the restaurant? And you know what? Do you know what the manager would say, Ben Dieter? My pleasure. Yeah, exactly. My pleasure. Were they saying chicken lives matter? What What were they saying? All right, let's play this. Can we play this again, Dylan? To a terrible life of pain, agony, and suffering. These animals are born in cages. Chick-fil-A murders. Todd, they're holding up signs saying we are all animals. May so I, that's why they're saying they're just like us. Oh, I see. May I ask a question, Ben Dieter, and I don't mean to be inappropriate here, but the vegans, do they believe, Is it, do the... Does the dark meat chicken lives matter or white chicken meat lives? Or is it just the dark chicken meat lives? I think at this point they're calling for a ceasefire. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Ceasefire doesn't matter if you're a dark chicken or a white chicken. Thank you for that, Ben Dieter. (laughs) It's it's Monday. What what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, we're going to get into more of this story a little bit later on. Uh, I mentioned um, how some of the uh, the vegan protesters appear to be eating you know, sides of beef on the side. Uh, New York City has now enacted a law banning discrimination on weight. This is uh, very interesting. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams was surrounded by very large people, overweight people, and uh, now it is going to be against the law to discriminate. Oh, and very short people, too. Uh, the mayor says it's going to be a it'll be discrimination. It's against the law to um, discriminate against somebody because they might be short or because they might you know weigh six hundred pounds. Fat discrimination is now under the jurisdiction of New York's Commission on Human Rights. This is the body that heads up discrimination issues such as the LGBT alphabet people. Commissioner Annabelle Palma said that most forms of appearance-based discrimination have persisted unchecked. What about hot chicks? Are they protected under discrimination? Is that, a, is that against the law to discriminate against them? According to the mayor, who is a health-conscious vegan, well, that explains a lot. He says science has shown that body type is not a connection to if you're healthy or unhealthy. All right, I'm just curious here. Just just a random survey of the Todd Stearns Radio Show audience. I mean, how many people, how many people out there who are fit and healthy and run marathons have diabetes compared to the 300 pound slobs that sit on the that sit on the couch eating ho hos? How many of them have diabetes? I'm just asking. The mayor wrote a book detailing his journey on how he lost 35 pounds. Really? That's it? 35 pounds. The city council speaker, Adrian Adams, praised the move. All New Yorkers, regardless of their body shape or size, deserve to be protected from discrimination. Ben, I just have a simple question to ask. 
And here it is as we go to break, ladies and gentlemen. Most most buildings that are six or seven stories tall in New York City do not have elevators. Let's say you go into cardiac arrest on the seventh floor. Do you really want to do, do you really want to rely on a five hundred pound person climbing those stairs with a stretcher to save your life? I don't think so. All right, 901-260-5926. We'll take your calls on fat people coming up next. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. By the way, happy Cyber Monday to you. If you head over to ToddSterns.com, we actually have a store. It's uh, not a Dollar General store, but it's a nice store. We got some good stuff over there. Uh, nice swag, or if you would uh, like to get some some stocking stuffers for your conservative loved one, we've got plenty of stuff for you to check out over there, ToddSterns.com. Also, uh, Amazon running a special on my my books. I'm not sure we gave them permission to do that, but that's okay. Uh, Head over to Amazon, and you're going to be able to get some really good deals on our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, and uh, many of the other titles, uh, eight books uh, in circulation right now, so you can can check all of that stuff out. All right, our telephone number, and we're going to get to Susie and Thomas and Diane in just a few moments. Uh, And uh, Diane, I'm especially intrigued to talk to because... um, She's raised chickens, and, of course, with our Chick-fil-A story we just told you about in the last hour, I'm intrigued. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. Want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, patriotmobile.com slash Todd, by the way, to check out their great opportunities. Congressman Brandon Williams represents New York's 22nd Congressional District. Congressman, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Todd, it was great. A um, couple days out of uh, D.C., which were badly needed. Um, you know, I feel like we've been captive there for 10 weeks in a row. But uh, we had our kids home, and, and nothing makes it better than that. So, Well, maybe some cornbread dressing and sweet potato pie. But you're right. It's always good to be around family for the holidays. You know, our, our son came home from college, and he um, was just uh, intent on cooking the turkey for the first time. And he did the spatchcock uh, in a in a brine uh, the day before, and I got to tell you honestly, it's the best turkey we've ever had. Really? Well, I'm going to have to try yeah, that. I'm yeah. stunned. We do the uh, we do the smoked turkey down south, um, and uh, but that sounds delicious. So we'll we'll have to exchange recipes after the uh, the conversation here. Uh, I'll put you. I'll put you in touch with him. I love it. He's, he's got the secret. So, so Congressman, I, I we got to kick off the conversation with what happened at this high school in Queens, New York. Uh, the video's gone viral. A teacher was forced into hiding while a mob of high school students rampaged through the school, terrorizing people, hunting the teacher down, and they they were wanting to punish her because she supports Israel. Uh, what in the world is going on in New York? Well, unfortunately, we're seeing this across the spectrum where um, 
you know, this, this ideology, I, I frankly tie it to the hard left has teamed up with this, uh, Hamas, um, ideology and it's just it's been allowed to fester in our schools for a long time and now they're you know it's kind of ganging up and it's showing very very ugly anti-semitism and i gotta tell you i am uh, full stop all out in support of israel and will absolutely not tolerate this uh, growth in anti-semitism but uh, i i'm afraid that this is the hard left um where the uh, the roosters are, are coming home to roost I'm I'm afraid you may be right there, and it certainly appears, and we have seen some images on social media that give the appearance, or at least evidence, that these are all well-organized, well-funded protests where you have a lot of these signs and flags in place before the protest where people can just go and pick them up. Are you hearing any rumblings of that? Well, Todd, you know, um, we had a, a pro-Hamas demonstration in the House office buildings um, about what five weeks ago, in the uh, in the Cannon office building and in the Cannon rotunda, you may remember, it's about 300 illegal protesters in the in the rotunda. Uh, we went out and found my office went out and found a large Israeli flag, and I stood over this protest as the single counter protest uh, with the Israeli flag. The Capitol Police came to arrest me. Um, and, you know, literally we're pulling out the zip ties when one of my staff intervened and said, you know, hey, you, you may not want to do that. Um, but this is the kind of thing that we're seeing. Uh, they were very well organized. They claimed they were, you know, there for peace, and yet they were chanting from the river to the sea, and we all know now what that means. Um, so I have uh, witnessed this firsthand, exactly what you're describing, Todd, and it is, frankly, it's disgusting. We, we frankly should find out who's behind it. I'm with you. And, you know, those kids need to be charged with with crimes. And, you know, using the ideology of the left here, those were hate crimes that were committed. As soon as they referenced uh, in a derogatory manner the race of the teacher involved, I don't know whether or not she's Jewish. I know she's pro-Israel. But the way they framed the the argument, uh, those kids committed hate crimes, federal hate crimes. Yeah, there's no question. And they're doing it – you know, in, in many cases, particularly in some of our elite universities, they're doing it, you know, on campus. These are campuses that receive federal funding and state funding, and they are sanctioning um, this hate speech and, uh, you know, on their facilities, like you're describing in this public high school in, uh, in Queens. And um, it should be illegal. They should be punished. But if you were to substitute, if you were to take what those kids are chanting and who they're going after and substitute in any other vulnerable group, I mean, the, the, everyone would be outraged. If it, and, um, and yet, because it's attacks on Jews and attacks against Israel, somehow it's free speech. And I have to tell you, that's disgusting. And that, that's, um, I speak out on it all the time, and I, I won't tolerate it. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, uh, we are honored to have Congressman Brandon Williams from New York with us. And, and Congressman, you're a former Navy submarine officer, trained nuclear engineer. Uh, the reporting uh, coming out from USA Today that among the among the the military troops and sailors in the area, um, a nuclear powered submarine going into the Middle East. Uh, now, 14 Navy ships, we believe in the Middle Eastern waters, in addition to the nuclear-powered 
sub, uh, what sort of deterrent does that provide for the region? Well, you know, as you know, submarines are number one in stealth, and particularly these variants, which is frankly exactly the same class of submarine that I served on, um, are the number one in firepower, and that makes them the number one in deterrence. So the um, what's been released, uh, you know, as you know, everything about submarines is super secret. Uh, I can tell you that on these nuclear submarines, believe it or not, two-thirds of the crew don't have security clearance to know where they are. Think about that. Like, they're down there for months at a time, and they're not allowed to look at the charts, and they're not allowed to know where they are. That's how secret these maneuvers are. But the um, the boat in question, it carries more than 150 Tomahawk missiles. And I got to tell you, these missiles, they're not coming for your neighborhood. They're coming through your bedroom window. And they will detonate 1,000 pounds of high explosives um, in the right place every time. And everyone should think about that because the range of these missiles, you'll never know that they've been launched You'll never see them coming because they come in very low, and they um, are very accurate. That's putting it uh, mildly. And um, so, you know what? If if you're going to deter our enemies, you really have to have the big stick, and these are the biggest sticks in the arsenal. And, and Congressman, um, over the weekend, I think Sunday, we got word that the four-year-old American, and she had celebrated a birthday on Friday, so she was three years old when she was abducted by Hamas. She's been freed. Uh, The White House just a little while ago saying, no idea where the other people are, the other Americans, no idea uh, whether or not they're going to be released or when or if, or if they're even alive. Is that good enough? Are we getting enough information out of the White House? Are they doing enough to get get these people back? Well, first, let me just say, you know, God bless this little girl and her family. And, um, you know, how sweet that reunion uh, must be. Um, and I'm thankful that, that one American is, uh, has been released, and I'm extremely anxious about all of the hostages that are being held by Hamas. And I've met with some of the families um, that, uh, that are here in New York that have relatives uh, being held by Hamas, and, and it is among the most painful human stories I've ever heard. But, you know, keep in mind that the Obama administration and now the Biden administration have actually empowered Hamas, both through their, um, you know, support or I would say uh, weakness towards Iran, but also um, in the back channels, you know, offering aid and political support to Hamas. And so I think it's a double insult to the Biden administration that not only is he not able to secure the release of more Americans, um, but that all of that goodwill, quote, that he has shown Hamas over the years counted for nothing. And I think it reveals um, the naivete of uh, the Biden administration, as well as the character of Hamas, that you, you cannot trust them. They are not partners in any way, shape, or form. Um, and the fact that they've not released Americans, I think, uh, should be informing the Biden administration everything they they should have known already. So uh, I, I guarantee you, if there's different leadership in the White House, this would not be the case. And and I I get it. I mean, I understand there are there are some Gazans that oppose Hamas. Not many, uh, based on all the polling that's done out there, and based on who they elected 
to run their country. Um, my concern is, is this, that we're not being forceful enough. And Biden needs to tell these people, somebody needs to tell these people, all right, you've got 30 minutes. Either start producing the hostages or we're going to start dropping bombs. I mean, it really is that simple. Well, I think the... Um I think actually this ties into your segment about the um, the students attacking the teacher in Queens. Uh, the, the reason the Biden administration is in such a pickle is because they're beholden to the progressive left. And the progressive left has overwhelmingly shown this kind of uh, tolerance and, you know, even support of support for Hamas and the heinous uh, crimes that have been committed and so Biden's administration's problem isn't uh, dealing directly with Hamas. It's actually dealing with the progressive left in their own party that, um, along with the uh, Marxist left, you know, have uh, have sided with Hamas. And so what's, you know, what's really ugly about uh, Biden's set of choices, he can't get tough with Hamas because then he'd have to take on a very good portion of his own party. All right. Well, Congressman, we're going to leave it there. Good stuff, as always, and appreciate you coming on the program, and uh, we'll get you back on very soon. Sounds great. Take All care. Right. All right. Congressman uh, Brandon Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, or Williams, rather, Brandon Williams from uh, the great state of New York. All right. Let's go to the phones real quicker before we have to run to a break. South Carolina, Diane uh, is calling in, and in the last moments of the Last hour of the program, we told you about the vegans invading the Chick-fil-A restaurant uh, there in Dade County, Florida. Diane, what you got for us? I'm just going to tell you, if you walk into the chicken coop, don't get knocked out, don't faint, don't whatever, because they will eat your body so fast you won't know what happened. <laughs> oh, the chickens will the chickens will, will eat you. I, You know what? I just finished deboning the chickens, my turkey rather, for soup. And I'm going to bring those chicken bones out in a few minutes, and by tomorrow there won't be a, a, an inkling of a fight. Now, I, I, I'm just going to express some surprise here, Diane. I didn't realize that So the chickens are carnivores is what you're saying. Oh, my gosh, yeah. They'll eat anything. Wow. Whatever they don't eat, the goats eat. Jeez, <laughs> Lou. All right. Well, that's that's good advice. So so technically, Chick-fil-A is saving human lives. So they're saving yeah. humanity <laughs> by deep thank frying you, the chickens. All right. Thank you, Diane. Wow, you learn something new every day here on the Todd Starnes Radio Show. All right. We got to take a break here, folks. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Going to the phones. Coming up next. Oh, Ben Dieter, I have some news. I know you follow uh, journalism and uh, all the uh, the gossip with all the cable TV uh, the TV shows. I've got some gossip about Brian Stelter, the Hobbit, mm, the Garden Gnome, the Dwarf King, the Garden Gnome. <laughs> I like that. The Garden Gnome. So he's got a new book out, the expose on Fox News, which I have not read. I probably I don't know if I'm in it or not. I politely told him to go. Well, anyway, he wanted me when I left Fox News. This is a my Brian Stelter story. When I left Fox News, specifically when they decided not to renew my contract, uh, I got a message from him. 
What did he say? He says, hey, you know, I'm really sorry that, you know, Fox did not renew your contract. Would, would you be willing to give me some inside dirt on on Fox? And I'll, I'll keep it anonymous. And I told the guy, you know, if I have something to say about Fox, I will say it, you know, on my radio program, not anonymously, you know. And then I politely invited him to go do something that was incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> Boy. And is quite frankly, you know, anatomically, you know, you can't do it. So mm. it's impossible. But anyway, so I may or may not be in the book. A Network of Lies. And man, he has been on every single television show on God's Green Earth. I mean, it, the, the publicity around this book is insane. Simon & Schuster, we share publishers. Wow. So, uh, but uh, they, I, you, and I know they paid him a boatload of money for this book. And they thought it was going to be like a huge New York Times bestseller. So the reporting out is uh, less than 4,000 copies of the book were sold in the first week. Mm. Wow. That's, that's a dud. Still more than watched reliable sources. Well, that's, that is true. Um, yeah, he's, his book sold 3,807 copies. And uh, he did outsell Michael Wolff's anti-Fox News book, which only sold 3,200 copies. And what I find fascinating about this, first of all, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you're a book author. That means you're a multimillionaire. The average book in America, average book in America, sells maybe, I think it's 1,000 or 1,500 copies. That's it. So anything over that, you've got a pretty good book on your hands. But here's the problem with with the garden gnome, as you called him. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the problem. They paid him out the wazoo to publish this book, and they're not making back their money. Ah. So they gambled. So I guarantee you they paid him at least $100,000 for an advance they're not making back that advance Mm. i mean it's very interesting i caught excerpts of it and i think he's really going after i know one of his big targets in this book is tucker carlson he says that tucker was untouchable at fox and his producers knew he was untouchable so they walked around and that was the attitude from the carlson he really doesn't like tucker i did read the michael wolf book and i was First of all, I was sort of fascinated by, he's got very good sources. And I will say this, and how can I say this delicately? According to Michael Wolf's book, they, a lot of people, a lot of people inside 1211 6th Avenue celebrate the month of June. A lot of people. I was, I was kind of surprised that he named names. Anyway, um, we'll leave it there. Uh, hang tight, everybody. We're going to your calls coming up next. All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's start with Susie in Gainesville, Georgia. Hi, Susie. What's on your mind today? Hi, Todd. I can tell you're feeling good today. You know, it's I'm fresh off of turkey. I, I didn't overdo it. I did not overindulge in the turkey, Susie. Well, good. Let's However, wait. the honey-baked ham, that's another story. Well, good. You sound just very chipper today. Well, well, thank you, you. Have you listened to the 
interview that Tucker Carlson did with the new Argentinian president? Uh, I did. Very impressed. You know, the guy's basically a younger version of Trump. His hair is not as good as Trump's, but he's a good guy. He is, Todd, and anybody that wants to live in freedom needs to listen to that because I can see America heading that way, Todd. I can see us happening, what happened in Argentina. So, and we need to get rid of these extreme leftists and put my president back in there and i just pray for america todd well and i go ahead Susie. i i think a lot of people feel the same way you do and and it gets to a point and things got really bad in argentina i mean this used to be one of the wealthiest nations in the world and it was left in economic ruin because of socialist policies because people and, and we're seeing this happen here they're not paying attention. They're not engaging in the political process. So the, the issue is not that we have a majority of America that thinks we ought to be socialist. We have a majority of America that just doesn't want to get involved. And that's our problem. So what's going to happen? One day, people will wake up and they will realize that they do not have free speech. Uh, they'll realize that they, they don't have rights anymore. And by that time, it'll be too late and they'll have to take to the streets and we'll be in the same situation that Argentina came out of and that Venezuela is currently in the middle of. Right. Hey, and I want to tell you how much I appreciate you. And don't ever, ever talk give in to the left. Never. And I want to tell you something funny. I have yard chickens, Todd. They're black chickens and they lay brown eggs. But they're not laying any eggs now because chickens quit laying in the middle of November and don't lay again until the middle of February. You see, I am learning stuff. So, so you and Susie, you're a, you're a woman of the Caucasian persuasion. Yes. <laughs> so I I am just so impressed that a white woman is raising black chickens, laying brown eggs. I mean, this yes. is what a country we live in. <laughs> yes. So, but they don't they don't lay now, Todd. They're not laying at all. So what time? Not laying. So when do they lay? I'm just. They won't. They won't start laying again until the middle of February because their time clock kicks out kicks out when when the time changes and the days get shorter. You know, less sunshine. Then yard chickens don't lay, but they will start laying again about the middle of February when we start getting more sunlight. Well, I have to imagine it's got to be tough on the on the chickens because you know, I mean, you're passing an egg for crying out loud. You know, it, that's gonna that's gonna wear you out. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I just thought you'd get a kick out of that, Susie. I love it. Uh, thank you, and I'm just, you know, I am. I'm, I'm going to be able to get a degree in, I don't know, poultry. Um, I feel like I'm doing the farm report here. This is great, Susie. Good hearing from you, and uh, thanks for the kind words, Dieter. It's a great audience we have, and they're they're just so I, I they're so tolerant. That a white woman could raise black chickens, raising you know, laying brown eggs. It's what the audience doesn't know is Todd requested a Kleenex during that last conversation with Susie. Makes me proud to be an American. That and Dolly Parton, and you got the little Asian American yolks. <laughs> God bless America. The little speckled quail eggs. There's the diversity. Can we play Jolene? I'm sorry, America. I have to compose myself. All right, let's go to Thomas. 
who's calling us from Georgia. The entire state of Georgia is listening to us today. Uh, Thomas, I've been asked to, I've been told to ask you the name of your town. Sautinacoochee. I'm sorry, you can't do that on the radio. What did you say again? Sautinacoochee. <laughs> Nacoochee. Yeah, I really don't think you can do that on the radio. I, all right, Thomas. Um, I, you know, good for you. Uh, having to having to write that on your envelopes. Wow, more power to you, sir. Well, even the post office uh, shortens it to saute. Oh, so you're saute. Oh, it's not saute. It's saute. Saute. The saute the, the hoochie coochie. Okay, got it. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thomas. All right. Is there a it. point to all of this, Thomas? Well, yeah. Everybody laughs when they ask me where I'm from. But anyway, I was calling about uh, the uh, vegans invading the Chick-fil-A there in Dade County. I'm just kind of curious how many of these uh, vegan women have ever had an abortion. Oh, sweet now, Lord. They're so, they're, they're, they're so worried about, you know, um, animals being killed, but, you know, they don't seem to care about, you know, unborn babies. I, yes, uh, that uh, fair enough, fair enough, Thomas. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much rationale in what the vegans do or don't do, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that their brains, the brains are not functioning at full capacity because they're not eating meat, and they need all that meat to to think correctly, and they're just they're not. So, I part of me feels bad. It's really a tragedy for these people, but uh, but again, if you got a problem with Chick Fil A serving chicken sandwiches, go to some place that doesn't serve meat. I mean, it really is that simple. Thomas, we've got to run here. Appreciate that call, and uh, thank you for that. Um, are we allowed to say the name of that town on the radio? Is that uh, – all right. Can, can, we, can somebody get on that, please? This item from Ireland. Um, folks, what's happening over there right now, and uh, God bless Conor McGregor, the, the MMA fighter, who is now, I guess, threatening to maybe run for office, he's under investigation for possible hate crimes. Look, here's the deal. So, unfortunately, across much of Europe, they have had unfettered immigration. So, there's really not a polite way to say this, but the Muslims are once again conquering nations. This has happened in France already. It's happening in England where, by the way, the number one name for newborn boys, it's not Prince Charles. It's Muhammad. So the country's been overrun, and it is a bad situation. It is it is not likely to be remedied without violence. And we saw a lot of that over the weekend where uh, one of the where one of the one of the uh, Muslim immigrants, apparently stabbed um, a bunch of kids and and caused all sorts of mayhem. That's the allegation. So people took to the streets, and buildings were burned down. Uh, there were fights. It was ugly. So now they're calling for restrictions. As a matter of fact, the prime minister of Ireland actually said, and we'll try to hunt down this audio for you. Um, I forgot about this. Uh, was it last week? The prime minister of Ireland said, there are too many white people here. Well, yes, it's Ireland. I, I mean, what are you, what, what are you supposed? I mean, if there are too many white people in Ireland, where are they supposed to go? Sweden. 
a lot of white people in Sweden, blonde-haired people. Anyway, um, so now you you have another lawmaker. Uh, this is a senator with Ireland's Green Party. Her name is Pauline O'Reilly. No, she's not related to Bill, but her last name is O'Reilly. And she says that, hey, we've got to start cracking down. They literally want to make uh, posting or sharing a meme or just having a meme on your smartphone. They want to make that a crime. So you could literally go to jail if you have a meme on your phone that offends somebody. Cut number 12. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our Constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. So there you have it. Uh, Over in Ireland, they're having a literal debate over restricting freedom for the common good. So I'm I'm working on a novel, and... I'm not going to get into the the heart of it yet. I'm just sort of in the outline stage. But the premise is that our rights and freedoms in this country have been outlawed because Islamic radicals are committing jihad on American soil. And the only way to stop that from happening is to silence anything that runs contrary to the thinking of, of Muslims, which, by the way, has happened throughout world history. And that's what's happening right now in Ireland. So you are going to see an effort across Western Europe to do away with all traditions that might offend the Muslim population. And it will be for, as she just said, the common good or the greater good. Over the weekend, they literally had Muslims desecrating the Westminster Abbey. They were they were using the abbey, the abbey property, to conduct Muslim prayers. Now, granted, in this particular instance, I would say that Westminster a Cathedral there uh, has been has been desecrated by so-called Christians already. But the fact that in in London you could have Muslims doing something like that, it would be akin to evangelical Christians going into some great mosque in the middle of Saudi Arabia and proselytizing. You just don't do it. You let them do them and you do you. That's how it used to be. But now, and a lot of people don't understand, this is a holy war. And it is being waged in every major city in the world right now. That's what's going on here. And I I hope that the people in in the UK are able to fight back here and and reclaim their territory that has been taken by the Muslims, but I don't know. And by the way, this is a good reminder. I am still waiting, and if you have any evidence of this, please send it my way. I'm still waiting to see the moderate Muslims who are protesting the kidnapping of that little four-year-old American girl. Anybody see any 
any protest out there? Anybody see Muslims marching in the streets of American cities demanding that Hamas release that little girl? Anybody? Anybody see? If you do, send that over to me because I've been told there are more moderate Muslims than radical Muslims. That's what I've been told. I'd just like to see those people, and I'd like to hear from them. We will open our radio show, our platform, to them. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. Now, we know that you love Newsmax. You watch it all the time. I do as well. Now, just recently, Newsmax had to stop their free stream on apps So you may be missing some of their great shows like Rob Schmidt, Eric Bolling, and Greta Van Susteren. So Newsmax launched Newsmax Plus. So far, more than 150,000 people have already signed up. Now, Newsmax Plus lets you watch the Newsmax channel on your phone, your home TV. And with Newsmax Plus, you get N2, their streaming channel, plus documentaries, movies, and a whole lot more. Newsmax Plus, by the way, just launched actor John Voigt's new series on Israel. And Newsmax Plus even has the best Donald Trump shows ever. So get Newsmax Plus today. Makes a great Christmas present. It won't cost you anything to start. All you have to do is go to NewsmaxPlus.com for your free trial. So, again, it's a free shot here. NewsmaxPlus.com. No risk. NewsmaxPlus.com. Millions are making the switch to Newsmax. So try it out today for free. And one thing I strongly agree with the deputy on is the need to target, set a target to have a, a number of people from ethnic minorities in areas of the public service. We have a health service that's very diverse, although less so as you go up towards the senior positions, uh, not so much in the Gardaí, not so much in the Defence Forces, not so much in the education sector, as the deputy mentioned, not at all in the civil service, which is very white, including the Department of Equality, for example. Uh, and that actually needs to change. Um, so we need to have, I think, a target for people who come from ethnic minority backgrounds, uh, but also uh, dedicated recruitment campaigns to encourage people, because we do need uh, a generation of young people growing up in Ireland who are people of colour to see black and brown school principals, judges, King Corla perhaps in the future. Um, who knows? Uh, visibility uh, and opportunity is really important. Wow. Uh, wow. There you go. Uh, you, you heard it from the head honcho uh, himself right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there are just too many white people in in Ireland. So what what are they going to do about it? Are they going to expel all the uh, people of the Caucasian persuasion? I mean, what? How do you how do you get rid of all of the um, the Irish soda crackers? I guess is that the I don't know what they have over there. How do you do that? And at what point, ladies and gentlemen, at what point do you just say enough is enough? Can we not go back to MLK's dream? I, I know this is controversial uh, to bring up, but you know MLK himself, the leader of the civil rights movement, once said that he dreamed of a, of a country where people could be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And now here they are out there literally judging people by the color of their skin. So anyway, my condolences to all of you folks. By the way, are they allowed to, are, are you are you still allowed to have an Irish pub? 
or maybe maybe the workaround Ben Dieter is you've got the Irish pub there in Dublin, but but instead of playing the jig, you play some rap music or R and B. But then then you're dealing with appropriation issues. Mm-hmm. Big time. And I don't think you wear Jordans with a kilt. You <laughs> could. Not a good look. No. Not a I'd good pass. look. <laughs> I'd pass. <laughs> bangers and is it bangers and mash? Is that what they uh <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That may have a different meaning. That may have a different meaning. So anyway, uh, it's it's rough. But ladies and gentlemen, this is happening not just in America, but all over the world, all over the world. And you that that's why you are starting to see the uprisings. And I say we need more of it. And sooner or later, people are going to wake up in this country. And I, I I'm hopeful, and I I think they're waking up. But when you've got places like Germantown, Tennessee, of all places having a debate over whether or not we should call Christmas Christmas, we've got problems in this country. That is the canary in the coal mine, if you will. All right, we've got to take a break here. Hour three coming up, our Newsmax TV audience joins us for our live simulcast. Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Our website, by the way, toddsterns.com. Lots of great opportunities for you to buy stuff. Cyber Monday. Go check out the store at ToddStearns.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's common sense conservative commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. Happy to have you with us today. A lot going on across America. Um, Our telephone number, if you would like to call in today, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. And we certainly want to welcome our great Newsmax TV audience as we simulcast this hour of of the program on the radio and, of course, on our great radio, on our great TV um, affiliate, Newsmax 2. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. We're honored to have Congressman Kevin Kiley joining us from the great state of California, representing the 3rd Congressional District. Uh, Congressman, hope you're doing good today. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So, Congressman, uh, a lot of people are paying very close attention to a debate this week uh, between Gavin Newsom and um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. A lot of people are speculating that this could mean that Newsom is going to be running for the White House, uh, possibly challenging Joe Joe Biden. Uh, what's your take on what we're about to see later on this week? Well, I'm not sure there's any speculation uh, about it. I mean, even Senator John Fetterman recently said that Newsom isn't running for president, just doesn't have the guts to say it. Uh, and, you know, this debate is part of his whole uh, rollout in his sort of presidential campaign uh, in waiting. But he has for some time uh, been repeating this delusional line uh, that California is a model for the nation. Uh, those of us who live here in California 
uh, know that it's precisely the opposite, that under Gavin Newsom, we have seen stunning decline and failure, and that his California is a warning to the nation. And so I've been suggesting some questions about Newsom's record of decline and failure uh, with the hopes that they will be asked, that they'll make their way into the debate uh, so that uh, Americans can see uh, that what he has done to our state is exactly what we do not want to be done to our country. Yeah, Congressman, that's what blows my mind. You know, the, the guy thinks that he can actually run on his record as, as governor of, of California. I would even take it back to uh, the early days of the, of the pandemic when he was one of these do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do governors uh, being caught uh, eating dinner at the French Laundry, um, again, uh, violating a lot of the policies that the average Californian had to obey or else they would get in trouble. Well, that's exactly right. The hypocrisy was absolutely historic. You mentioned the French Laundry, uh, which is, you know, a, one of the fanciest restaurants in the world. Newsom is caught dining there when he, at the same time that he is uh, imposing the strictest, longest-lasting lockdowns and business shutdowns of any state in the country. Uh, also, uh, he imposed the longest-lasting school shutdowns of any state in the country at the same time that he sent his own kids to in-person private school. But then you look at what is the result of all of this, of California suffering an economic and educational calamity at the hands of Newsom, unlike any other state during the COVID era. Well, all of the evidence now shows California had among the worst public health outcomes uh, in the country as well. And so Newsom is now trying to find some sort of scapegoat. He's saying, well, we didn't know at the time. He's saying, well, it was the fault of local officials. But the fact is, the fault was entirely Newsom, that he implemented uh, a one-man rule that lasted for three years in our state and caused damage that is going to be with us for generations to come. Well, Congressman, we know how this is going to play out. Newsom is going to try to make this a, a culture war battle, uh, going after DeSantis on uh, Disney and uh, the schools and uh, Moms for Liberty and the, the textbooks and the library. Here's what gets me, though. I don't think there's any way he can be the nominee only because he is a white, heterosexual, rich guy. I don't think the Democrat Party can actually pick somebody like that. Well, you know, on your point about uh, the culture war issues that uh, Newsom just loves to talk about, and, uh, you know, he spends half his time, it seems, uh, talking about these policies in other states, I think that, and this is the, the way I've structured my suggested questions, is to bring those things back to the issues that actually matter and that people care about. Uh, so, for example, he loves talking about supposed book bans that exist in other states, and yet in the questions I point out that he's hardly spoken at all about literacy uh, rates in California. California has the lowest literacy rate in the country. There are 800 schools here where 75% of students don't read at grade level. Our most recent eighth grade reading scores are worst out of any state that is measured in the entire country. So I like him asked, why are you so much more concerned about what kids are reading in other states than about kids in your own state not being able to read at all? On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today is Congressman Kevin Kiley from California talking about the upcoming debate this week, Gavin Newsom going toe-to-toe with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. What is it that the party needs to do, Congressman, to be effective and to win races in 2024? Well, I think if you look at what's going on in this country right now, um, 
all of the issues are favorable towards change. I mean, this administration's record on the economy uh, has been an absolute disaster. Uh, this administration's record on the border has been more disastrous than anything we've ever seen in our country's entire history. Uh, we're seeing threats to our national security. Uh, we're seeing crime just out of control in major cities across the United States, including several uh, in California. And voters have been very, very clear that they want a new direction, that they want change. And the thing is that what Gavin Newsom is offering is not a new direction, is not change. It is taking us even further down the path that this country is on right now. That's what he means when he says California is a model for the nation. We've already seen Joe Biden uh, adopt the California model uh, to some extent and Newsom's uh, prescription uh, to go all of the way to turn our entire country into San Francisco, which is declining right now faster than any major city in U.S. history. It is exactly the wrong thing for our country. So I believe a message of change that speaks to these issues that are really mattering in the lives of Americans is how uh, we'll be able to get a great result next year. Congressman, I love California. Uh, in years past, vacation there in, in, the, in San Francisco as well as uh, down in Newport Beach. And, and I hear there's so many good friends uh, that refuse to leave, that they, they want to stay and fight. Uh, the reality is California controlled by a supermajority uh, of Democrats. What is it going to take just to move the needle even slightly to start getting Republicans elected in, in California? Well, I think actually you've seen some signs that voters in this state uh, have had enough and are looking for change. Even in San Francisco, which is the most liberal city in the entire country, uh, they recalled their uh, district attorney, one of these so-called progressive prosecutors. They recalled him from office. They recalled three of their school board members uh, who had refused to open schools. Uh, even last year, if you look at Newsom's reelection, he dramatically underperformed uh, the uh, partisan registration uh, in the state. Uh, and, you know, as you say, you also have people leaving the state in absolutely record numbers. California's out-migration rate is higher than any state in the country. We've led the nation in U-Haul rentals each of the last three years. So there absolutely is, I think, all of the pieces in place for a message of, uh, of revival, of returning to the values that made California the state that everyone wanted to come to rather than the state that everyone wanted to believe, leave behind. Uh, there is an opportunity uh, for making that case. And uh, so I think that right now, the battles that we have, I'm a United States representative from California, are one and the same when it comes to California, when it comes to the country. It's to restore some sanity to our state and our country and get back on track. All right, good stuff. Well, Congressman, we're going to leave it there. We'll be uh, watching very closely uh, that uh, debate, uh, the big heavyweight battle, uh, later this week. Thank you very much, Congressman. You bet. Thanks, Todd. All right, uh, there you go, uh, Congressman Kevin Kiley. And again, the question, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't even matter. Uh, why is Ron DeSantis doing this? Do you think that, it, let's just say DeSantis scores a, a knockout punch here, does that move the needle at all right now? Because every single poll that's out there shows President Trump overwhelmingly in control. And a lot of people are wondering if this is just an unnecessary sideshow. But I mean, when you see the level of excitement directed at Donald Trump. Going into the stadium in Columbia, South Carolina, you had uh, the Gamecocks, you had uh, Clemson going at it, and President Trump was cheered by everybody except for the marching band. 
And uh, those little woke losers booed the president, but the president got a massive, massive ovation. I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody making up the making up the ground. None whatsoever. Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six is our telephone number. That's nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Show, and we are simulcasting this hour of the program on Newsmax 2. want to say hello to all of our great viewers on Newsmax today. Let's go to the phone lines. Stephen is listening to us from Southern Ohio. Hi, Stephen. What's on your mind today? Hey, Todd. How you doing? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I was just uh, wanting to say that... Uh, Whenever Trump wins the election next year, that these Hollywood stars that are talking about leaving the United States when he becomes our president again, if somebody send me out there, I'd help them pack up and get out of our country. Now, you see, Stephen, you're a great American patriot, and not only that, you are neighborly, and I respect that here on this program. Uh, yeah, Bruce Springsteen, I believe, is the latest, and Springsteen says that if Trump wins, he's on the next flight to Australia. So... Stephen, uh, down in, in Dixie, we have a saying, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> Amen to that, Todd. All right, Stephen, I, I suspect a lot of other patriots just like yourself would be more than willing uh, to help these uh, these Hollywood elites pack up and, I don't know, head over to Gaza City. I hear it's very lovely this time of year. Uh, Stephen, appreciate that call. God bless you. Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. All right, I've got to play this audio for you. This is this is cringe. And Ben Dieter, I, I know that you've heard this, this audio, and it is shocking. We, um, we've told you the stories about the, uh, the transgender activist, and they're going in there, and they're whacking this off and whacking this off and it's a very unfortunate thing this body mutilation but some moron just spent twenty thousand dollars to mutilate his vocal cords so this is a man who said i want to sound like a woman now and and again i'm not sure about uh, the transgender way of life but basically they're faking their voice right so they'll they'll talk in a higher-pitched voice than is their normal God-given voice, right? That, that's how all of this goes. So this guy you're about to hear, and you're going to hear the before, and you're going to hear the after. This guy spent $20,000 to have voice surgery. Take a listen. All right, everyone, this is it. All right. So glamorous, right? Oh, this will be go. the last recording with my old voice. Um, before I heading into voice feminization surgery, I won't be able to speak for two weeks and then it'll be, it'll still be another month before uh, I have 100% usage of my voice. So, uh, wish me luck and I will see everyone on the other side. Okay, it has now been 15 months since my first voice feminization surgery. Spent $20,000, had three different procedures. 
This is probably about as good as it's going to get. So let's do a little before and after, but we are not going to do the tired rainbow passage. Instead, we are going to do lyrics from a late 80s UK band called Pop Will Eat Itself. Here goes, before and after. One, two, check, high tech in stereo. Quad row, any way you go but loose. One, oh, oh, one uses. We got the juice, the bruise, the fuses. The volume in this room is much too groomed. We need a big bad boom. Noise KO, disco inferno. Hey ho, yo, let's go. Let's rock the show. Blow the speakers, see them glow. So now you know. It's not what you do, but the way that you do it. The speakers you blew, but the way that you blew it. P-W-E-I, always knew it. We'll teach all this in a song. It won't take long, did it? We're through with it, hit it. That's it. So, Ben Dieter, I, I, first of all, I didn't realize they had such a thing as voice feminization surgery, but I'm not detecting he doesn't sound any different. That cost a whopping $20,000? My goodness. Let me just say this. Wouldn't it be easier to chop off your, your private parts and then you'll be singing soprano? I don't think that's how that works biologically. I still think he'd sing bass in the choir. I don't know. I I don't know. It's but that guy sounds as he doesn't sound any different. And you can't tell me that's his real voice. All right. This is my voice. This is my woman this is my womanly voice. Ah. I had a Sunday school teacher, a dude that sounded like that. He didn't last long. A transgender? No, he just had a very feminine voice. Oh, that's a oh, very that, all right. Yeah, that's not going to work. Baptist church, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely not going to work. Well, it could, but not for long. Oh, that's unfortunate. All right, I, folks, I just don't hear it. I, I do not hear voice feminization surgery. I, who knew that was a thing? All right, uh, let's go to the phones here. Uh, Teresa is hanging out with us from California today. Hi, Teresa, you just heard that. Did you hear any difference in the guy's voice? Um, Actually, I heard a little bit of it, but my uh, son came in with my granddaughters, so I kind of missed a little bit of it. Yeah, I I just... I get to hear a lot of that around California. What's that now? I get to hear a lot of that around California. Jeez, Lou. Yeah, I guess there's a booming business for voice voice feminization surgery out there, Teresa. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's sad. What's on your mind, Teresa? Hey, you know what? I want to give a shout-out to Shasta County, California, because we are the last red stronghold in California. We're fighting like hell to keep the cancer from spreading out to the other states. So if you hear of anybody who can give support to Shasta County, that would be awesome. We've got three of the best um, uh, Shasta County supervisors out there, and they're all doing everything they can to make sure that we've got free and fair elections. We fired the Dominion machine, but our ROV is, uh, yeah, she's a liberal, so she's been, you know, bought and paid for. Well, Teresa, uh, I will. Teresa, let me say this about Shasta County. I know a thing or two about your county, and you're right. You guys are hardcore conservatives, and I say hardcore because you have to be hardcore uh, conservatives in California to get anything done. 
So uh, you just had the opportunity to give your county a shout-out nationwide, border-to-border, coast-to-coast, and good for you. And keep fighting the good fight. And we'll try to get some of those Shasta County conservatives on the uh, on the show down the road. We've got to leave it there, Teresa. Got to take a quick break. Again, folks, our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. America. I'm Todd Starch, your host. Great to have you with us. Hope you had a great turkey day. Good football over the weekend, too. That Alabama-Auburn game. Jeez, a loop. You, you gotta love the SEC. Southeastern Conference. My condolences to all of you Ohio State fans. Uh, this story out of Wisconsin, where folks are ready to deck somebody's halls, a museum there, the National Railroad Museum, allowed the Satanic Temple to erect a tree at the annual Christmas Tree Festival. The museum's chief executive officer defended the demon-possessed tree in the name of tolerance and diversity. Really, really, because I find it very hard to believe they would allow or they would have allowed the Satanists to erect a tree to commemorate a Muslim holiday. But then again, who knows? Anyway, um, the alphabet activists were also allowed to erect a gender diversity tree that included pink and blue-colored transgender flags and ornaments adorned with pro-trans messages. Oh, by the way, the, the satanic tree was adorned with red lights, pentagrams, and ornaments that said, Hail Satan. You know, I'm just surprised that the tree did not spontaneously combust. So uh, here's the deal. They they say this is all about tolerance. Okay, then if in fact this is about tolerance, why is it they call it the National Railroad Museum? Why limit the National Railroad Museum to just railroads? What about cruise ships? What about little horse and buggies? What about Teslas? Jesus is the reason for the season, ladies and gentlemen, not the Prince of Darkness and not a bunch of pronoun-confused soy boy activists. Jesus, Lou, come on. What's wrong with you people in Wisconsin? All right, uh, let's go to the phones here. 901-260-5926. Let's go to Chris in Dayton, Ohio. Chris, what's on your mind today? You know, Todd, I'm just trying to figure out how we fix stupid in America. Um, you know, this wokeness is uh, it, it's it's running rampant and... You know, when my seven-year-old kid knows how terrible our president is and grown adults can't figure it out, that's a problem. Well, it is a problem, Chris, and you've apparently got a very smart child on your hands, uh, but uh, we are dealing with a president who is simply not capable of governing, and he's not capable of running for re-election either. So this is really only a matter of time before the Democrats give this guy the heave-ho. But do you think they will, though? They're telling us that the economy is great and everything's better, and is it? 
I don't think so. Chris, let me ask you a question. I in in Dayton, Ohio, were they doing wall to wall coverage of the stores packed with shoppers on Black Friday? No, uh, they were doing um, all kinds of negative stuff. So, so here's shot. here's the deal, Chris. The problem is there were no there were no massive crowds at any of the malls this weekend. That's the that's the story. Is that people were not out? They were not shopping in massive numbers. And I know that they're telling us the economy is great, but in reality, people are not out there Christmas shopping like they've done in years past. And and quite frankly, um, I'm not sure they can afford to. So I look. The, the Democrats are a lot of things, but they're not stupid. And they look. Joe Biden will not be the nominee. Will it be Gavin Newsom? I don't think so. I just don't think they can they can put a, a straight white rich guy as the head of the party, especially with the progressives like AOC running the show. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. And Gavin Newsom's an idiot. Like if he thinks that taking guns is going to solve crime, I mean, Jesus, come on. All right, uh, Chris, appreciate that call and thank you for listening. This story from the Washington Post causing a lot of concern among Republicans. Here's the headline. From Josh Dossie's piece, donations to GOP drop as worries mount about the party's finances. So here's the problem. The Republican National Committee only has about $9 million in cash on hand. That is the lowest amount for the RNC in any election report since February of 2015. Just so you understand where we're at here. In 2016, at the same point in 2016, the Republicans had $20 million in the bank. Now, just four years ago, coming out of the first Trump term, they had almost $61 million in the bank. So now they've only got about 9.1. The Democrats have almost twice as much, $17.7 million in the bank. They interviewed an RNC member from Tennessee by the name of Oscar Brock. He says it's a revenue problem. We're going through the same efforts we always go through to raise money, the same donor meetings, retreats, digital advertising, but the return is much lower this year. The staff is going to have to tighten down on expenses to keep the party from going into the red. Also, they're saying that donors have not cut as many large checks to the RNC in recent years, and the party's small-dollar program has also suffered. So why is that? Well, I'm going to make this very simple for you, ladies and gentlemen. The super wealthy, the Chamber of Commerce Republicans, they don't want Trump as the nominee, so they're not giving money. They're they're holding their money, and that's their right to do. The small-dollar donors are the folks like you and me, And we're not donating because we're sick and tired of these people campaigning as conservatives. But once they get to Washington, D.C., they act like Democrats. So the RNC has a big problem on its hands, but the greater problem is leadership. And Ronna McDaniel, she always wants us to, she always wants people to forget that she is the niece of Mitt Romney, Ronna Romney McDaniel. The problem is her. And as long as she is going to be in charge of the RNC, we will be losers. I mean, it really is that simple. We have yet to win an election cycle with Ronna Romney McDaniel at the helm of the RNC. So here you have it, folks. And 
And say what you will about the big dollar donors, but if they're not putting in their money, they think that's going to hurt Trump. And they believe that that is going to keep him out of the White House. And if that will, if, if they truly believe that's the best way, the most effective way to sabotage Trump, that's what they're doing. I mean, it really is that simple. All right, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. By the way, folks, it is Cyber Monday. What does that mean? We've got some great stuff happening over at ToddStearns.com. Check out our store. We have great gifts for all of the conservative loved ones in your life. Also, all of the books, everything on sale over at ToddStarns.com. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Show. A lot going on today. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Maria in Hendersonville, North Carolina, wants to weigh in on these RNC donations being down. All right, Maria, why do you think it is? Hi, Todd. I think it is uh, because uh, we small-dollar donation people have made up our minds. We are voting for Trump, and so there's no need to throw money into the RNC pot when we're voting for Trump. So, so, for example, someone like yourself, you would rather give money directly to, say, the Trump campaign than have it go to the RNC. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I, 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 I love President Trump. I pray for him every day. And, and there needs to be more organized praying for him so that we, we get some results in effect. But, uh, yeah. No, no, no use in throwing all small dollars away when uh, Bidenomics has us strapped to buy well, groceries. That's true. Oh, by the way, Joe Biden just said that that he provided the cheapest Thanksgiving on record, uh, which we have already fact checked and have uh, proven that to be false. Uh, Maria, appreciate that call, and thanks for listening to us in beautiful Hendersonville, North Carolina. Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six is our number. That's 901-260-5926. Let's go to Ann in Texas. Hi, Ann. What say you? Oh, I'm blessed. I can't complain. <laughs> Excuse me. I have a question for you. You know the, the uh, RICO Act, the R-I-C-O Act, they, that's man-made, isn't it? Don't, aren't they using that against Trump? They can use They can do what they want? They yes, and they can, and they are, and we're we're talking about the the Georgia RICO Act, which uh, they're using against President Trump and a lot of the others uh, down in in Fulton County, Georgia, and and this particular state law is based on the federal law, and but here's the problem: it's that the state law in Georgia is much tougher than the federal law, and it's it's pretty powerful tool that prosecutors can use. Now, again, not not getting into the the basics and the, and the the weeds of of the Trump case, but it will allow somebody to go after the head of an organization, for example, President Trump, without having to prove that President Trump directly engaged in a conspiracy or any acts that violated state law. So, I mean, they that's why this is a dangerous move. Um, that the the prosecutors made down there. It's going to be tricky, but again, I don't believe that the president committed any crimes. Mm-hmm. 
Right, I don't either. He's in our prayers every day. I know that <laughs> he, excuse me, he's going to win. But God, it's like they don't have any say. They don't have any say, you know, Trump's side at all. And it's, it's horrible. It's just, it's got to the point where um, Trump get out of the way, you people get out of the way, we're, we're in charge, and that's it. You know? That that's it, and 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 look, the average American sees through all of this, but beyond that, and, and Trump is definitely winning in the court of public opinion. Ultimately, these kinds of cases will will be resolved, and I suspect in Trump's favor. Again, the man has done absolutely nothing wrong here. So, and you hang in there, and thanks for listening to us in Belmont, Texas. All right, I want to play some audio. Uh, Many of you went home for Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great Turkey Day celebration. And uh, I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods, but with the Starnes family, we're all somewhat of like mind. So we really don't talk that much about politics at Thanksgiving. But if we do, everybody's of the like mind. So there are no like knockdown, drag out fights at the Starnes family gatherings. However, that is not necessarily the case in other families. And I want to play some audio here. This is someone abusing her elderly grandmother by forcing her to learn new pronouns. Cut 18. I never heard of that. What? I only heard of lesbians or or gays, but I never heard of what she is. Um, Never mind. I can't say she. I made a mistake. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Non- D-O-N? N-O-N. Don. Non. N-O-N. Don, none. <laughs> what? Oh, and- non- Non-binary. When I see it in writing, I can remember it. You learn something new every day. You do. <laughs> All right. Th- this is nuts. Now, I, I can only hope that somebody in that family grabbed a turkey leg or, I don't know, a wooden, a wooden spoon and uh, smack that child upside the forehead. Because that's just unacceptable. To abuse an elderly grandmother by forcing her to learn new pronouns. What's wrong with you people? What is wrong with you people out there? Shame on you. Unbelievable. But this all comes back, goes back rather, to Barack Hussein Obama. Remember when Obama was in the White House? Before Obama, we used to have fairly peaceful Thanksgivings, except for maybe the crazy uncle who had a little bit too much to drink. But when Obama got elected, what is it that he told the kids to do? When you go home from uh, when you go home from school, you need to make sure that you you correct your parents and you get into a fight with your uncle who might be a conservative, and and you have that knockdown dragout fight. But look, the whole point of this was to destabilize the family. That's what that's all about. And it started with Barack Hussein Obama. That's when it started. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines here. John in South Carolina. Hi, John. How are you today? Depressed, but good, man. Thank you for taking my call. I've been a political junkie and a history major for over half a century. You know, may I say that in my history readings, in 1917, Lenin said, quote, give me your four-year-olds and I will create the ultimate socialistic estate. Well, that's what's going on in this country now for decades. Thus, I'm getting around to what money can do. Money brainwashes people. That's why everybody's saying we don't have enough money. Why? Because they know how easy 
the American public is to brainwash. And I'm sorry to say, but many Americans, quote-unquote, if not most, are stupid. Okay? I'm not worried about being with PC. We're past that point in our country right now. We're trying to basically lynch as a metaphor, not metaphorically, but our president, Trump, who should be in office right now, never mind next year. Our country has basically died, and what's helping it, the nails in the coffin, is a lack of an honest judicial system. I'd like to know where I'm wrong, sir. Well, John, a couple of things here, and, and you're spot on, but just think about the statement I'm about to say, all right? This will trigger so many people, but it gives you, a, it really illustrates where we are as a country right now. The idea that we would be better off as a country if perhaps more moms stayed at home and raised the kids and dads went out and earned the paycheck to pay the bills and the groceries and the whatnot. Now, that used to be a very common-sense approach to the family in America. But you say something like that today, they will try to destroy you. You'll be called every name under the book. But to your point, they have to destroy the American family. That's the key to the socialist, then-communist takeover of America. They've got to destroy the family first. Yep. So, you John, know, if I may say, yeah, real quick, just a word about color. Approximately 75% of all black children are raised by one adult, not necessarily a parent, but by one adult. That's right. And, and it did not used to be that way. And if you go into the black community, and look, um, you'll have to watch our television program coming up uh, in just a matter of moments because we're going to get into this. When you go into the black community and talk to the pastors and talk to the families, that's a huge issue. Because the government has come in and they said, "Don't worry about that. We're going to be we're going to be mother. We're going to be father to your kids." But that is look that is now happening in other in other communities across America. And when you get when you get the total breakdown of the American family, you're going to have chaos like you cannot even imagine. John Gotterun, appreciate that call. But when you go back to the '40s and '50s, when you had strong strong black families, strong white families, strong Hispanic families. You had a mom and a dad in the household. If you've got a mom or a dad in the household, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian American, doesn't matter. You're going to have a much better chance of raising productive members of society. Right now, that's not happening in a lot of cities across America. All right, folks, hey, head over to ToddStearns.com right now. We have some great resources for you our newsletter coming out at the top of the hour. So you can sign up and get yourself a free copy of the newsletter. Also, our free podcast, all three hours of the Todd Stearns radio program. Coming up next, wow, we've got some crazy stories. We're going to be checking in with our good friend Jeff Katz in Richmond, Virginia, talking about these attacks on Christmas. And also, you're not going to believe this, a a Baptist church hosting a a drag show. Jeez, aloof. All right, folks, you get out there and have a great day, America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.